How's it going, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the You Know Adam Same podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, I'm hanging out with a good friend of mine, Mr. Josh Phelps. Welcome to the show. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, hey. Uh, for those that don't know, and this is kind of like just an uh, inside joke between me and you, you are actually my second ever podcast. We did it over at the Boiling Shrimp, now known as the Saucy Shrimp. Saucy Shrimp. And there was just this annoying fridge in the back corner that was just going off. And I looked at, I looked at my, uh, at my audio, and it was just, it was, I couldn't use it. I was just like, oh man, this is trash. But that was like during the time of COVID. But we're actually so happy to have you back on this show. No, I'm happy to be here, man. As you said, we've been trying to fit it in. We feel like for forever now since since your podcast started. So I'm I'm happy to be here. Cool, um, Josh. Tell me a little bit about you know what it is that you do, and you know, kind of like how you found yourself in good old Statesboro, Georgia. Georgia, if you will. Yeah, well, um, what I do here in Statesboro is I'm a professional soccer player for Tormenta FC. Um, but the path to getting here is, has been all over the gaff. You know, it's been up, down, left, right, everywhere. Um, I came to the US to start the, the collegiate career, um, you know, coming over from Australia and um, didn't really know much about America in general, but also much about the collegiate system. Um, which we can get into a little bit more later. You know, that's, that's part of the reason why I do a little bit now with a company called Scholar Scout that help players from Australia um, and also here in the US find their, their collegiate um, fit, what fits right for them, you know, within football, but also golf and, and a lot of other sports. Uh, but I came over to pursue the, the dream of playing football over here in the US. You know, I wanted to play professionally. I knew that first stepping stone was, was go to college. The US system here is second to none, in my opinion, for the collegiate system with athletics and, and also getting a degree. Um, so I started the, the path to come over here, the long plane flight to come over here. And um, my first college was Thomas College uh, in Maine, which is just a couple hours north of Boston and um, did really well there. I was rookie of the year, my freshman year, did really well. Um, we went to national tournament. Um, you know, I sort of checked all the boxes where I wanted to check while I was up there and um, decided to transfer down to North Carolina, University of North Carolina at Pembroke, UNCP. Uh, played another year there and, and, you know, did a lot of good things in the community and started learning how to um, network a lot more because of some unfortunate situations when I transferred, the NCAA took away a year of my eligibility and then also made me sit a year as well. So there was a long time there where I feel like I had moved across the world to go play football but I wasn't really playing football. Yeah. Um, so that was a that was a tough time. But I also feel was like that some, was that something that the the system did or like to, to be one hundred percent honest, I still don't know. Um, <laughs> there's there's been two compliance officers that have they've challenged it at two different places, two different times. They tried to get me my year back, tried to get my eligibility back, and for some reason I, they can't tell me what it is. But there's rulings here that. May I, again, I'm, I still, still do not don't have know. an idea. I still don't have a clear. If anybody out there has the answer, <laughs> please kind of like, please let us know what, what was happening there. Yeah. So no, I mean, um, that was a, that was a big year for me in growth off the field. I feel like, you know, mm -hmm. I learned a lot of things, networked with a lot of people to try and, you know, still make sure that I was taking steps forward in my life and not just wasting a year. Um, so that was, a, that was a big year for me. And Came back the next year and actually was was made captain of the team. So I felt wow. like I'd done a lot, you know, on the field and off the field as well. And um, really started to grow a lot more of my leadership uh, qualities and and learn a lot more about myself and the type of leader I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. um, and then graduated from there and um, moved my way down to Georgia. 
Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, obviously, it seems like there was constantly these uh, cards that have been stacked against you, right? Like you keep talking about these th- different challenges. Yep. Um, you know, I, I think that it's very inspiring that you are continuing down the path of what doing something that you love. Uh, oftentimes, there, there are times when people say, okay, well, enough is enough. It's time to get the quote unquote real job or yep. whatever it is. Yep. But you know, what, what drives you to continue to push? What drives you to, cause I mean, you, you've also had a, a few injuries that, yep. you know, beca- because we're friends, yep. like I'm aware of that. Yep. Um, I mean, how do you find the energy to continue to push even when the ca- star cards are stacked against you? It's a great question. Um, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to, to who you are. Mm. Um, but also it's like, what's important to you? What goals do you have? Um, and for me, you know, I'd, at the start, there was a lot, a lot of people I wanted to prove wrong. You know, there was people back home that um, I felt like, you know, had not always treated me the best, told me that I wasn't going to be doing things. And, you know, for me, that was just extra motivation. It was like, all right, well, you know, wait and see. And then the, another card got stacked against you. And you're a bit like, well, you know, all right, well, you know, I'm still going to keep pushing. But, you know, injuries and stuff, that's a different game. Um, you know, that's definitely, for me, a mental game. You yeah. know, you've got to have... You got to have the the wherewithal to be able to see the long the long vision. You know, we've I've had a couple of injuries recently that have put me out for the season, which yeah. is tough. You know, not also being in a team environment, but sort of feeling like you're on the outside. And how do you belong? You know, when everything about me has been football, and that's how I relate, and that's how I you yeah. know that's how I show my worth within the team. To have that taken away is then a tough a tough feeling to be able to say, hey, how can I add value? How can I add value when I'm not playing? So separating you know what you do from who you are sometimes is a p- pretty big um game changer for man I, I'm, I'm going through that exact thing right now you mm-hmm. know uh i think a lot of when when you're passionate about what you do mm-hmm. it's so hard to separate that yeah right because you you probably if you had the choice you could probably train and like eat live, live breathe soccer every single yep. day but at yep. the same time when that piece is taken away from you yeah balancing it and saying yeah. like okay well what did you do like how how did you kind of like contribute to the team even even though you weren't playing well you know i'm lucky in terms of my my aspect is like we still have other you know every morning we go in for breakfast mm-hmm. um you know so there's a time there for an hour or whatever where you're eating with the team and stuff like that whereas it's still bringing you in to feel a part of the team but i don't feel like i'm adding value you yeah. know maybe parts of that Ways that I found it was, you know, always watching the team play. Obviously, if I weren't traveling, watching on ESPN, watching the games, trying to pick up on little pieces for people in my position or things that I can see now from, you know, when you're not just in the field, it's very different to then having that eagle eye view yeah. to, you know, sort of looking at, at the film and trying to add value. But, you know, also just for me, it's just building those relationships, mm-hmm. you know, having coffee with lads, bringing guys, yeah. you know, hey, let's go get a coffee, chat, like what's what's going on with you? How can I use some of the experiences, some of the tools that I've got on my huge, belt to huge. try and then make you, you know, more comfortable to, to help you within other things going on with your life, maybe not football related. Yeah. Um, and, and little bits and pieces like that. Take me back to uh, when you were in Australia, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you were growing up, uh, was soccer always part of the equation? Was it something that you were, you know, fascinated with? How did you decide that this was the path that you were going to take? Football was definitely always there. Mm. Um, you know, I was playing football, you know, for as long as I can remember. I always say, you know, pretty much as long as I've been walking, I've been playing football. But there's also been a lot of other sports. Um, football was just the constant. You know, yep. for me in, in, in Australia, the summer, we don't actually play football because it's too hot. We play in the winter. So my summer sport was always surf lifesaving. Um, What's that? What's so, that? 
surf life saving. Yeah, it's a full proper sport in Australia. That's that's really big. So you can imagine the Ironman. Okay. So, you know, it's that, but put into a sport. So there's an ocean swim, there's a board paddle, there's a beach sprint, but then there's, you know, the Ironman is, is an event. They've got like board rescue events, like relays. Running, running, uh, cycling. Do you? Not, there's not as oh, much as no cycling. cycling. Okay. It's the, it's the board, uh, or canoe swim run, uh, is the, the Ironman. Individual short sport. Yep. Okay. Or, or they also do teams. teams like we well. had like a beach relay, um, or. Which side note, we won uh, the gold medal for our state titles. My dad was a sprint coach at the time. Oh, and he had told awesome. us that if if we had won the we won the championship that he would he'd let us wax his chest. So uh? that's up in the memory bank. So we got to <laughs> we definitely got to wax his chest as, uh, as some young kids. But it's a it's a full full spot. I said there's there's team events, like for example, board rescue, where uh-huh. me and a partner, so I was the board paddler, she was the swimmer, she would swim out. Uh, probably about 100 meters into the water and we all had different color buoys uh-huh. um, so then you're waiting you're watching you're watching as soon as they put their arm up on the buoy bang you go out go out to the buoy pick them up paddle back in first wow. one across the line those type of things but a lot of beach event um, also grew up playing rugby for school yep. AFL was a big one for me for anyone that doesn't know what AFL is Aussie rules if you haven't know what Aussie rules is go on to YouTube do yourself a favor and go on YouTube <laughs> and just put AFL biggest hits in and okay. there's some horrendous um, they run around in like singlets, short uh-huh. shorts, and Phys- physical, very physical, physical, very physical. Um, but yeah, I just grew up playing all those sports, and it was good because I felt like you know I was getting to try everything else, everything out at the time. But also, my, I knew that what I was in my head best at, or where my passion was, was always football. Mm. That was always the consistent. The winter was always blocked out. Okay, I'm playing football in the winter. Yeah. But I also got to try my hand at a lot of other things. Uh, before we kind of continue down the, the football route, you mentioned your dad. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of an impact did he have on kind of like your ability to see? you know what you wanted to do in the future right did he was he is he supportive because family obviously is a huge important part of all of our lives how how did he kind of like influence you massively and and just in terms of family i just had my family over in the u.s that's awesome visiting for about a month so they just left yesterday okay it's it's been it's been amazing um getting to do you know show them around the town where i live and Mm. you know the town that i care about and the town that i've invested in so much and meet some people but you know, they were also here for some really cool time in my life, like buying my first house and, yep. and doing Congratulations some- Congratulations on that. Thank you, thank you. And doing some big things. So it was really cool to have them in um, in town for some of those things and, and obviously getting to watch me play football, doing the thing I love. Yep. They haven't done that since my freshman year of college. That's so crazy. Live, they you yeah. know, watch, watch all online. So it's it's been really good to have them in town. Um, but yeah, back to my father, for, for sure. He was always um, supportive, always pushing me, mm-hmm. always wanting and knowing I can do better and pushing me to be the best. But he wasn't a he wasn't a footballing person. Um, mm. He grew up playing rugby. He grew up in the country. Um, you know, very very hands on. Use you know around the around the house can do a lot of things. Um, but was rugby was was his main sport. But one of the biggest things I picked up off him from a very young age was that whatever I had a passion to do, he wanted to learn it so that he could then teach me That's or awesome. that he could coach me. So That's you awesome. know, growing up, he was my football coach. Growing up, he would my surf life saving age manager. Growing yeah. up, he was you know he just wanted to be involved in what we were doing so that that way he could you know help us push us on more and and you know he's yeah could, can't thank him enough. Yeah. So soccer is this constant in your life. Uh, yeah. Obviously, super thankful for like your dad kind of like helping along the way. Mm-hmm. And so you know when you you said you had. Um, I call them haters, right? Mm-hmm. Like people that doubted mm-hmm. you, your ability. Where where did you find them at? Like, is, was it kind of like during grade school that uh, of saying like, you know, 
how did they come into your life? Um, more, more on the on the back end. Um, wasn't 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 as early. You mm. know, growing up playing football. Um, you know, as I said, my dad was my coach for a while, especially in the in the young developmental years. And then we made this step to go play at a at a, a higher club and a higher level, and very supportive of it. Knew that you know this is he's out of his depth now, and all he can do is you know support me and take me out to the field, do extras, and you know so many memories have gone you know after school to whatever days we weren't training down to the field and he would do whatever he can to to help me you know do extras 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 get quicker get faster better shooting better ball control those type of things um but it wasn't until i guess more i made a name for myself mm. you know until i had a bit of a um you know a bit of a reputation to where more i had that those haters or doubters yeah um, and some of it came from coaches, you know, wow. from, from clubs that I was playing at or clubs that, you know, I've, I've played for in the past. And that was sort of tough as well. You know, when you're coming back um, from America or you're coming to, to your hometown to, you know, want to keep fit, want to keep playing, you have three months off or you have an off season, whatever it is. And, you know, your your club that you used to play for and, and those type of things, you know. So it was it was something that was, wasn't just... They wouldn't let you play? Out in the distance. No, it was a tough situation. It was more of the coach not wanting not wanting me to be there at the at the mm. club but all of the senior players at the club were coming to me saying we want you here come yeah. and play yeah. we, you know come down to the training sessions come down here and then just never getting anything from him more of a cold shoulder and I'm sort of sitting mm. here you know I want to I want to keep playing for this club I want to want to help these guys you know go to the finals I want to do all these type of things what do you think but was his problem no to be idea. fair I, I don't know I still yeah. don't know you know I don't in terms of the club, I left on a great relationship with them all. And as you said, the senior players who I grew up playing underneath and looking up to, sure. you know, these guys that are now, um, you know, fathers and, you know, still actually at the club playing and, yeah, and doing awesome. things. So a lot of family friends and, and guys that I'm really, really close with. So I'm not really sure. I, I don't I don't give it much energy or anything anymore. But there's, you know, for a crucial part of my life, they were, they were you know, there to sort of push me in. Again, you look at what I like to call silver linings, which I've had a lot of that I try and take the positive hours. I think that, you know, maybe without that, there might have been times where I didn't work as hard or I didn't push myself or I let things go that, that I shouldn't have. So, sure. you know, I'm, I'm also sort of thankful for, for that, in that in that respect. I think that's something that I respect about you greatly, right? You're in, in the face of any sort of adversity, you're able to see the light and take it and kind of like internalize that to push you further down the road. Yeah. Um, haters add fuel, man. I, yeah. I, the be I've always said, like the best way to get me to do something is tell me that I can't, can't do, do it. it. Yes, if you tell me I can't do it, you know, you better bet your bottom dollar. dollar that I'm like, yeah. So oh, I love that too, man. Um, that's great. Uh, so kind of what, like catch me up to, we're, we're kind of like, you know, still playing in high school. Mm -hmm. Then uh, all Australians have to go into some sort of service, correct? Is that? No, they no? don't. They okay. don't. But I, you're right in the fact that I did go into yes. some sort of service. Yeah. So it was high school, finished high school out, and I just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. You know. I, oh, so at that point you were still kind of like I just confused. knew football. I just knew all I wanted to do was football. Um, and again, not many people in Australia. This goes back to why why I'm a part of of Scholar Scout was. I knew no one or knew of no one who knew anyone who had gone over and done the US um, that had, you know, played in the US so I could sort of give them a call and say, hey, you know, what's division one, what's division two, oh, wow. what's NCAA? What's... You knew zero people. I knew zero about that, nothing. So it was all very, very new to me. But at the time, the pathway for us is is England, Europe, you know, with, yep. with England and Australia being very close. Um, not very close, but obviously under the Commonwealth and stuff sure. like that. It's very easy for us to go over there and vice versa. Very easy for them to come over here. 
So I just knew with my contacts in Australia that, you know, I wanted to go over to, to England and give it a shot, which looking back now, I think is is very naive because of the other opportunities, everyone growing up in England wants to play professional football. Yeah. You know? So they've got a con- like an influx of players consistently going and playing over there. And I knew I was going to need money to do that. I didn't want to have to go over there and, and try to work and put everything in towards playing football. Sure. Um, and uh, there's a program in Australia called the Gap Year Program, which is pretty hard to get into because you only have to commit to one year rather than your four years in the military. And um, you go in and no one knows who the Gap Year kids are or people are there in the program and who's because you're fully enlisted. Sure. Um, and I just started doing the testing for it. My mom and dad are sitting down and saying, hey, have you thought about doing this? And I'm thinking, well, I just want to play football. I'm like, that's going to be tough to sort sure. of I can't, do I that. Live and then, you know, I'm not going to be able to do that while I'm while I'm doing all this. So, you know, I'd, I sort of, again, thought about the long, the long vision of, you know, okay, if I can play football, if I give up this year and I just go in, I work, work hard and, you know, put my head towards this stuff, I'm going to get similar to over here to get paid, paid pretty well. You get looked after pretty well. And I thought that Do, that's going to give the me mil, in, the in the military. military. Yeah, I was in the army. I thought that's going to give me what I need to then, you know, maybe Do I what, go you, and, what you want to exactly do. Exactly right. Then I, maybe I take another year after that. And if I work part-time, whatever, and I'm just strictly training, 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 yeah. training. And so I saw that as a two year type thing, give a year to the military, get it back onto another year of just pure training. And then I want to go out and absolutely hammer it. Um, but that was my, that was my, you know, written plan that didn't type work out like that. Um, you know, I was 17 when I went into the military, so I was pretty young, had my 18th birthday in there. And I ended up getting really sick when I was in the military. Mm. I had glandular fever, tonsillitis, a virus, and a fever all at the same time. And my immune system was just all over the place. My body temperature was up, what was it, in Fahrenheit, maybe like 105 degrees or something Man. like 40 something degrees here. And you know, I was just all over the place and it got to the point where I ended up getting medically discharged from the military, Make, mm-hmm. either making me go back, what they call back squatting, where you go all the way back to, at the time was going to be around week one, day one of basic or, <laughs> and I was just not about that. You know, what the military wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't, you know, whereas a lot of these guys that I found in there and I've, I've still got some guys I keep in contact with from from that time, but you know, they that's what they wanted to do and you sure. could really see it within them. And you know, I, I excelled in all the, the physical stuff, the training and all those type of things. I really loved it. I had a lot of even corporals at the time come and saying, hey, don't leave, you know, we, we want to keep you in type mm-hmm. thing. But I could just tell that it wasn't going to be the right time for me. Um, so I ended up leaving and with without making that tough decision, I wouldn't have got the letter in the in the mailbox saying that, hey, we'd love to see you from from a company that they want to see me come out. We, we bring players out to America and we'd love to see, you know, what you How got. How did they find you? I don't know. I don't know if there's something that they're working with like Football Australia or Football Queensland where mm-hmm. they, you know, needed, they wanted addresses of people within this age group of within certain that states had and stuff like before that. Or something exactly. Like that. And, so I went down to a to like a I guess like a combiney triadi type thing, and they ranked all the players from one to three, and then they brought all the threes back in the top ranks and saw them again, and then ranked them again, and then took players to Brisbane, which is about an hour from us, and did another one, and then you get brought in, you got to bring like all your schoolwork in, and you know show all your grades and things like that, and yeah. How'd you, how'd you do? Grades wasn't my strongest point at the time. Uh huh. Um, I, when I finished high school, I was always like, okay, I am never going back to school. <laughs> like, I was that guy. I was like, I'm, I'm done with school. I'm never yeah. going back. And, you know, it's funny how that works out because, you know, we did my four years. And once I really applied myself or, or maybe it was more once it got put to me, you got to do your school to be able to play football. 
that's when I was like, okay, this is going to be, you know, I'm going to have to yeah. put myself into this and, and do a lot of work. And and now I'm, I'm starting my master's in, in this month. So, Look at that. Yeah. So I'm back in school. Never, never say never. <laughs> never say never. Yeah. <laughs> that's super cool. So this, this brings us to kind of like, you know, you start, uh, I guess you make the, is this still high school or this is... This is after high school. This is yep. So then now, college. Now I just gotten the scholarship to go to go over to America. So you did get. Yep. Oh, okay. So, so after I did all that, that was the a they were called I think NSR or something like that that um, the company and they were recruiting for they pretty much then keep you in a database and then coaches that want players they reach out to them and then they obviously can say okay what position okay we've got these guys have a look at them they show you all the film yeah like, oh, okay I want this guy this guy they reach out they start chatting and that's how that process starts and then offer, offer scholarships, et cetera, et cetera. Take me back to that moment. So, you know, obviously you are wanting to do this mm -hmm. uh, and then you finally get a call of someone that's interested. Did, did uh, you, how many calls did you get? I probably had, you know, that, that first year, it wasn't about calls. They would reach out to the agency and okay. the agency and would, would come to you, us. But yeah, you. I had, you know, three to four to five solid offers, probably offers yeah. of, of ones that I was sort of really looking at. I remember you know, sitting there with my parents. And yeah. again, this is America, which sure. is you know, the other I, side of the world. I'm trying to get to that point, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's, it's the other side of the world. And I'm sitting down with my notepad and <laughs> I'm making notes of like, okay, whatever city this is, population size, um, how far it is from the beach, um, <laughs> ratio of women to boys. Hey. Like I literally, I, mean, I have this Broke notebook. Broke it down. That was, Did that you was study like, it? Okay, you know, this is, this is this. And then obviously going online, seeing their facilities and sure. seeing the field, chatting with the coach. That was a big one for me. Uh -huh. Chatting with the coach um, and seeing what he was like and, and what he valued and, and what was important to him and hearing, you know, what, what their thoughts were on football. But also it was, they were very big. All the coaches, even when I transferred, it was a similar process. And it was like, you know, what are their what are they like when they talk to my dad? What are sure. they like when they talk to my mom? And, sure. and those type of things were, were important to me. Uh, you know, t going back to that moment where you're sitting there and kind of like trying to mm -hmm. figure everything out, uh, you know, how did your parents feel? Because like, I mean, obviously, like, I mean, they raised you, like, you know, they're they're part of your life. And then you're, all of a sudden you are going far, far away. Yeah. You know, like yeah. how, how did they kind of like cope with that? Yeah, I don't know. Like it was, it was tough for sure. I think um, for anyone that's a son. I think they know that their mom probably took it the hardest. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that just coming back from the military, obviously within that year, and that was a bit probably a lot for her as well. Um, to then sitting here and thinking, oh, wow, he's going now to the other side of the world, <laughs> you know, and that was, I think she was excited um, sure. from my mom's side, really excited for me for sure. Um, but I, I know that, you know, she was always wanting me to be close so that she could support me and help sure. me out. But she is one of if not um my biggest supporter she you know Love she that. does everything everything that i do with football with with life with school you know she's always the biggest cheerleader there you know cheering me on her my sister and my wife at the moment are the, are the three spearheading that sort of i love game. that yeah. i love that so you know they say okay you you finally make your selection mm -hmm. um was that kind of like a easy decision was it a hard decision it was hard and, and touching on what we spoke about before because i didn't know mm. anything really yeah. you know it was really hard so if, when it came down to it you know again it was once you got all these colleges that are, you're interested in and stuff obviously it comes down for me was was the scholarship that they're offering sure um the facilities what they had and then you know how comfortable i felt with the coach that was for me a huge one so you know there there were the three sort of aspects that sort of shaped my decision you know so um being able to you know 
give a decent sized scholarship, but you know, the facilities, where where are we gonna be playing? Where are we gonna be yeah. training? What are we gonna be doing, you know, day in, day out? And then, you know, I had some really good coaches in that aspect that were not only good coaches, but good people. So, you know, let's let's hit some advice here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously you said that you're working with potential like some Yep. people that are going through this exact same process yep. what's kind of like the advice that you give them is it kind of like like look at the coach exactly what you went through similar i tell them similar things you know i try just to, to draw my own experiences is mm. you know the coach is a and to be fair i think that that's probably i think from what i'm hearing nowadays is that like, the coaches do a very good job of that but they do the same thing to the player mm. now with social media being such a big thing they're looking at you know their yep. instagram what other what what other things are they doing um there's a player here um that's in our, I guess, pro team that's on a youth academy. So he's about to go, he's on an academy contract, but he's about to, you know, venture out and start that college process. And I know they're watching him on his on his Instagram and what he does and what he does with his spare time and, you know, what he posts. All those type of things are big, but, you know. Isn't that so crazy that yeah. that's the way that, like, you know, we as individuals are being looked at now? Yeah, it's yeah. like that social currency is so important. Yeah, because I think there's, there's two things. It's, it's who do you who do you claim to be and who do you, mm. you know, who, what are you sort of pushing out on social media? And then who are you? Who are the person that you is? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times on social media, you, a lot of people can show a lot and, you know, this is what I want people to see. But it's not until they sit down because, you know, they're having those conversations, hearing about what's important to the coach, hearing about what's important to them. And, you know, does that resonate with you? Is that someone that you want to fight for? Is that something you believe in? Mm-hmm. I think is a big, um, a big, de- you know, a, a fa- I wouldn't say a deterrent factor, but a factor because, you know, if you can't, if you don't want to run through brick walls for someone, I think that's going to be, for me, that's how I always knew is if I get along with a coach and I believe in what they're saying, then that's going to give me an extra 5% on the field because I generally believe in something bigger than just playing for, for myself. Now I'm playing for a club or now I'm playing for a college or institution. It's not only got those other bits and pieces like your family and, you know, who you are and what you think, you know, you're playing for something that's got history and years and years and years of before you and after you that, you know, you've got to take on your shoulders and, and, and run with. How was uh, the flight over? You long, remember? Long, I do, I do. I was bumping some Mac Miller. Oh, Mac All Miller! Right, yeah, bumping some Mac Miller. Welcome to America. Yeah, yeah. welcome to America. Perfect. I know. Perfect. I, know. I remember it because I had to. I think my first flight landed in Dallas. Okay. I don't think it was a typical LA. So I think it went Dallas. Um, and then I had to go through like the whole customs and all that. And it was massive lines. And I'm already then like panicking, thinking I'm going to miss my next flight because my yeah. next flight's there to New York. Um, and the whole trip, I think I listened the whole trip to Mac Miller, I think. So I've, I was a big fan, <laughs> yeah. a big fan of Mac Miller and had probably every song he'd ever made up Man, to that point. In my, yeah, he, such he a good, great. such a good guy. So I was listening to that and then landed in. So first off, actually, I thought that the U.S., public transport would be a lot diff or a lot similar to Australia, uh-huh. but it turns out it's not. But, <laughs> so I went to New York and then got a cab, which is still one of my top experiences over here, I think. I got a cab, I landed on it Friday night. So this is like 11.30, I think about 11.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. coming from going through New York City to the Greyhound to get on a bus. I thought public transport was a bit different, but that was an experience with everything I own going through the New York City's Greyhound um, and got on the bus. And then um, my coaches meet me in Boston. So I took a bus from, gotcha. from New York to Boston. Um, but yeah, that was such an experience. I remember, you know, just getting into a yellow cab, going down 
town, New York City, and you know, I just soaking it all in at the time. Yeah. That's where it really hit me that like, okay, this I is am happening. I am halfway around the world from <laughs> anyone that I know, and um, yeah, like this is this is the next this is the next adventure. You know, yeah. and this is this is happening, and you know, I was it that was the big excitement for me was definitely driving through there, just thinking, okay, you know, just completely in awe, looking out all the windows, and just thinking, okay, this is me. This is. This is where it starts. You know? As someone that has kind of like, you know, gone halfway ac- across the country mm-hmm. and, and done something completely different, like, you know, a lot of people uh, say that they want it. Like, you know, what is something that you could potentially tell them to get them to actually do it? Because those two are very different things, yeah. right? A lot of people say, yeah, that, that sounds fun, but they have either, you know, uh, reservations or they're, mm-hmm. they're scared to. Mm-hmm. Um what would you say to them to kind of like encourage them to do it? I don't know, mate. For for me, a lot of why I've done a lot of things other than the football side of it is like when I'm thinking back, we had an interesting conversation at dinner the other night with, with some good family friends in my family, but it was sort of like earn your wrinkles, mm-hmm. you know, those those times where you look back and you're thinking maybe when you're, I don't want to say you're on your deathbed or whatever, but when you're old and that and you are all wrinkly, you know, and the, they're the each of them are some sort of memory or some sort of thing that you did that wasn't in the safe zone, that wasn't in the, you know, play it safe. And I think for me, a lot of what motivates me is is a bit of regret. Um, you know, and I've already got some regret in my life, things mm. that I would do massively different and things that I would want to change. But, you know, I think that they're all ones that I can live with. Um, but I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to be sitting there at the end of the, you know, the end of the day when you're, when you're you know, end of your life's coming to an end and you're sure. sitting there thinking, God, I should have took that chance. I should have taken that trip or I I should have taken that opportunity or I should have, you know, whatever it's going to be. And I think that thing is what motivates me the most. Mm-hmm. Love that. Love yeah. that. What What's kind of like on the horizon for you? What, what's kind of like the, the next step for for you right now? I'm not sure. As, as I said, I bought my first house and that's mm-hmm. that's um, that's pushed a lot of curiosity in, in my way and I've set myself a little goal and I don't know how long it would take me to achieve or, and I've got no restraints on it, but I want to own three properties, mm. you know? So I want to, I think that real estate and, and properties and things like that is something that you can consistently do on the side of whatever it is you're doing. Um, whether that's owning your own, own property, owning a second property or owning an investment property. Yeah. I just think that that's something for me that that's really caught some attention for me. And, you know, I, I've got a bit of interest in it as well. So that's sparking a bit of my interest at the moment, just watching way too much HDTV. I think my <laughs> wife's Pinterest me 15 different things a day. And so we're getting the first one down before we head out, but uh, the, that's that's what's consuming me at the moment for I sure. I love that, I love that. Um, what kind of uh, advice do you have just for the general public? Like kind of like, what, what would you like to leave them with? Or if you have any questions for them? No, I think, it's I've been trying to think of a time to put it in but when we've been talking you know there's been bits and pieces that are talking along a lot of things and this has been sitting there in the back of my head but I just haven't had the chance to throw it in yeah come on one thing that I think is just really important um that I've gained through you know my experiences and stuff and just in life is don't place a precursor in front of happiness you know I think that's something that we're all guilty of doing is whether it's the new job or the new house or whatever it is I'll I'll be happy when, you know, I get that next job. Mm. Or I'll be happy when, you know, we move into the new house. Or I'll be happy when X, Y, or Z happens. Yeah. I think that's, you know, f- for us, life's short in, in comparison to, to the world. But, you know, f- 
find ways to do things that make you happy now. Yeah. You know, what, what are you going to be doing? Because I think that's a choice. Happiness is a choice. There's so many things that we do, you know, and, and I can speak from a lot of, you know, relationship or um, professional life or personal life. There's so many different things. But that's one thing that, that I cut, tried to cut out of my life is, you know, stop pre- placing a precursor in front of happiness. I love that. How do people get uh, that type of content from you? How do they get connected with you? Instagram, Facebook, yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Joshua Phelps underscore. Look me up. Hey. Sounds good. Josh, thank you so much. I'm so glad we finally got to do yes, this. Sir. I mean, like, I feel like I'm actually super happy too because I, I know for a fact that uh, when I interview, uh, interviewed you last time, yeah. definitely botched everything. Like, you know, didn't know the questions <laughs> I asked, but no. super to have you back on the show. No, man, cool, I'm, man. I'm so happy to be here. Thank cool. you. Cool.